0: Okay, welcome to the Guide to Living Inspired Daily Practical Jewish Sound Bites. Today, we're continuing with the six constant mitzvahs, six thought-based mitzvahs that are incumbent upon a person at every hour of the waking day whenever they're not doing something else. So yesterday we learned about the first mitzvah, which is to believe in God, that God is running the story that history is his story that there's a destination to human history that things aren't random that god is involved in our life i am the lord your god who took you out of egypt not the lord your god who created the world because that's impersonal but rather i'm with you in your suffering i'm with you in guiding the course of events of your life okay today we are going to learn the second of the six constant mitzvahs, which is not to believe in other gods. So now, my friends, oh my um, is this mitzvah really practical? Do you guys have any, have any desire to worship idols? Ever come across an idol that you felt like bowing down to? Ah, so so on a practical level, what could it be referring to when it says don't worship other gods that could really be relevant even to us? Jacob, okay, what would you say? Celebrities. Ah, okay, don't idolize things that aren't God. Right, don't make idols. Right? Don't don't worship and glorify the the work of man, but instead focus that the goal of our life is to connect to God. Okay, good. That's that. Let's. I'll I'll take it. Okay, one answer. Let's go a step deeper. Okay, what what's another aspect of worshiping in Id- idols? Now, ever the Torah actually uh, the commentaries explain that when god said the first of the two ten commandments the first being i'm lord your god and the second one being not to worship idols that was lit essentially why what's the big deal with the ten commandments right there aren't ten commandments there are 613 commandments and in fact there are those who say and maimonides is one of them that you should not stand up during the rec- recitation of the ten commandments in the torah at lest one come to think that you're saying that these Ten Commandments are more important than all the, the rest of the, the other 603. What's so special about the Ten Commandments then? If they're not unique, right? If you ask your average Christian or your average non-religious Jew, they say, oh, there's Ten Commandments in the Torah. That's not true. There's 613 commandments. So what's the big deal with the Ten? The answer is there are those that say that these Ten Commandments are actually ten categories that all the other mitzvahs fit into. Okay, And there are those that take it a step further and say that the first two of the Ten Commandments are actually the root of all other mitzvahs, that the mitzvah of belief in God is the root of all positive mitzvahs, all things that we do, putting on the villain, all the thou shalt, thou shalt give charity, thou shalt pray, thou shalt right, put a mezuzah on your door. Those are all there to get us to remember that there is a God. And all the thou shalt nots are there to get us to remember not to worship idols. Now, what, what does eating pork or murdering someone or getting angry or working on Shabbos have to do with worshiping idols? Ah, because when, excellent, when we do the things we're not supposed to do, essentially what we're saying is, I am God. I am running my own world. I do what I want to do. On the other hand, the positive mitzvahs that we do are essentially statements of, I believe in God. I believe there's a God in this world. This is a reminder for me. Whenever I Actually, actually, whenever you walk through a door, Maimonides says you're supposed to kiss the mezuzah and think about the fact that this world is a transient world. We're going from one door to another, one room to another. We're all just passing through here. Right? All the mitzvahs are essentially reminders that there's a God in this world. But every time we do a negative thing that we're not supposed to do, quote-unquote, a sin, we're essentially declaring that I am my own God. Good? Okay, let's take it one step further. Okay? Does Judaism believe in other gods? You would say, no, right? We believe in one God. That means there aren't other gods, right? And yet the Torah refers again and again and again to other gods. Elohim Acherim. Same name. Same name is the name of God. Elohim Acherim means other gods. implying They are real. And in fact, according to most Jewish sources, they are real. There are other gods. We're just not supposed to worship them what are the other gods so essentially the other gods are the forces of nature you can explain this theoretically like like just metaphorically that the other gods are the forces that surround us such as the force of gravity the force of rain the force of love the economy right you can look at it in that regard or you could even Like, actually, literally, that there are angelic spiritual forces, constellations, that control the world. That God actually controls the world through spiritual forces. Literally angels that bring energy into this world. Constellations, the zodiac, which we believe in, which brings energy into this world. As Jews, we believe that this is real. There are forces. But we go to the source. We don't get stuck in the intermediaries, which really don't have any independent power. We go straight to the source, who has the ability to override. Ah, so excellent. So, by the way, everything we're talking about now, we're really going to get into tomorrow we're going we to talk about the third of the six consummations is believing the oneness of God. But one of the explanations of what was wrong with idolatry was what's the goal of worshiping an idol? What's the goal? Assuming that idols had power, right? The idol is not the thing. The sticks and the stone, the statue was not the thing. That was just a means of meditating and connecting to a cosmic astral force so let's say that there is a god an angel so to speak of wealth or of rain or of health which there is what's the purpose of worshiping or connecting to the angel of wealth or the angel of health or the angel of rain what's my goal No, 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 please, you. No, no, after you. Simple. Why do I connect to these spiritual forces? To get health, wealth love right that's what i'm looking for i'm connecting to these forces to get what i want you understand the goal of idolatry is for to fill my own needs that i'm henceforth connecting to either spiritual forces via worship nullification to these forces via ritual via magic which is another means of manipulating nature. For what means? My means. Or for what end? My end. Right? What's the difference between white magic and black magic? White magic is allowed in Judaism. Not recommended necessarily, but Kabbalah is full of communication with angels in order to bring certain energies into the world. What's the purpose of that? What's the difference in white magic and black magic? It's all about your goal. If it's black, what's the goal? Ego. If it's for my goals and my means and my benefit, that's black. If it's to help others and to bring goodness into the world, that's white. Again, not necessarily allowed, but certainly not forbidden. Okay. So, the difference between the idolatry, the goal of idolatry was to manipulate the world for my own means. Worshipping idols, and again, means worshiping ego. It's for my own benefit. So, all three answers is idolatry idolizing something that's not God? A statue, a celebrity, money, music? Is idolatry on a deeper level really worshiping myself, my own agenda? my own pleasure, my own my own will? When I eat what I want to eat and do what I want to do, I'm essentially turning myself into an idol? Or is it manipulating spiritual forces in order to bring down energy into this world for my own goals? That's idolatry. Judaism says the goal is that I should nullify my will to God's will. And that's the way to guarantee blessing in your life is to do what God wants and then he's going to do what you want right so they say that um, the difference between judaism and christianity one way of putting it is that christianity begins when god sacrifices his son for us judaism begins when abraham sacrificed his son for god and ultimately, God doesn't want us to sacrifice our lives physically, unless in certain certain scenarios, but he does want us to live for him. Not that he's in this world to fill our needs. We're in this world to fill his needs, so to speak. Okay, questions, comments? So practically speaking, how do we think about this during the day? It take a moment. Yeah. What? Oh, excellent. God doesn't have needs. So that's actually um, a big debate on the Internet, if God has needs. Do you know what I'm talking about, Jacob? Exactly. There was a big debate, not really a debate, honestly, between a certain Sephardi rabbi and Manus Friedman, a Chabad rabbi. Uh, Manus Friedman said that God has needs. And he created the world because he has needs. And the Sephardi Rabbi said, that's uh, that's that's heresy. How could you say such a thing? And I think I sent you a little talk by Rabbi um, Breitowitz. Rabbi Yitzchak Breitowitz from Orsemech. I think I sent it to you. Rabbi Breitowitz is a... Uh, if I didn't, I will. He's a... He's a lawyer, a judge, turned uh, rabbi, expert on all areas of Judaism. And he essentially said that although it sounds wrong, it's not wrong. Because you have, there is something that God cannot do without us, and that's give. So God did create the world in order to share his goodness with others, and therefore, to a certain degree, he created needs. He didn't have them initially. He created the need, the desire to give in order that this whole um, story could take place, story of, of human history in the universe. So practically speaking, how do we put good question and deep question and, and deserves more, more than a 30-second answer? Um, so how do we put this into practice in our day practically is whenever you have a free moment, If you feel like thinking about the fact that there is a God and God's running the show, you've just fulfilled the first of the six constant mitzvahs. If you want to take a moment and think about the fact that I don't run the show, you've fulfilled the second of the six constant mitzvahs. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to speaking with you tomorrow.